Today on the Beauty Business Podcast, we are continuing our mini-series on websites. And after covering the importance of having a website on last week's episode, one great big glaring question remains. How do you get people to find your website in the first place? How do you snag that all-important top spot on Google so that your website is the only one people go to and you get all the clients in your area? Creating the beauty business you dream of doesn't have to be hard. It's all about mastering some basic principles and putting in place key strategies to give your business the strong foundation it needs to build from. Throw in the right mindset, the right systems, and being willing to stretch your comfort zone to boost those confidence skills and knowing how to promote and market yourself properly, and your success is inevitable. Problem is, that's not what they taught you when you were learning your skills. So that's what I'm here for. Welcome to the Beauty Business Podcast. With over half a million downloads, it's the number one podcast for independent beauty business owners just like you. Dedicated to helping you grow to get the clients and the money you want without all the stress and the worry. And most importantly, without taking up all of your time. My name is Adam Chatterley and I've been helping spas and salons all over the world to succeed for over 20 years. And now I'm going to help transform your business starting today. How are you doing? Now, as I'm recording this episode, we are still in the middle of lockdown, week four, I think to be precise. Now, I'm running out of creative artwork projects to keep the kids entertained, don't know about you, but thank goodness that the weather here in the UK at the moment is incredible. We're spending a lot more time outside and we're very lucky to have a garden to spend that time in. And I've creatively found a way to have my parents take over a little bit of the childcare with regular gardening with granddad lessons for my two kids hosted by my dad, their granddad, via an iPad and FaceTime. Problem is, he kind of calls it gardening. The kids call it playing with mud. But either way, everyone is happy and I get whole minutes, whole moments of peace and quiet for myself, for which I am extremely thankful. But that's just me. What creative ways have you found to keep your kids or your loved ones busy and away from you so you can either get some peace and quiet or get some work done whilst you are on lockdown? So we are talking about websites today, something that a few beauty business owners have found a huge advantage throughout this lockdown period as a way to keep connected with their clients, to keep offering a service and to keep generating an income. And also as a way to ensure that they're poised to reopen with a bang, to bring their clients back right away as soon as businesses can reopen and to start generating that all important income and refilling the bank account, which may have started to look a little bit empty over the past few weeks. But even if it wasn't for lockdown, even if COVID-19 hadn't happened, your website is a crucial part of your business in today's world. Now, I'd go so far as to say that without one, you're not only missing out on more clients and more money, but you are seriously slowing down your own success and even jeopardizing it altogether. But okay, We've already got you on board. If you listened to last week's episode, we've already got you on board with why it's so important. You now get that. You get why you need to have a website. But once you have that website, how, by the gods of the internet, do you actually get people to come and visit it? How can people find you? And how exactly does that translate into actual people booking an appointment and giving you their money? Well, a great big part of that puzzle is this little known website that you might have heard of called Google. Yeah, that one. You see, to all intents and purposes, Google owns search on the internet. When you type into your browser on your iPhone or your Android phone a question, something that we've all got very used to now. Do you remember when you had to actually go to the Google website 
and then type in your question on the Google page. But now you can just do it in the in the little browser thing on your phone. Anyway, um, when you type something into your browser on your phone, it's Google that provides the responses. That is unless you've specifically gone into the settings on your phone to change it to use Bing or Yahoo or something else. But who on earth would do that? Even virtual assistants like Siri and Alexa both use data from Google for their responses. So if someone is looking to find a salon near them specializing in, say, volume lashes or hydrofacial or Reiki or whatever it is that you do, and they type that into their phone, if your business was the very top response that came back to them, do you think that would bring you more clients? Of course it would. So then the question is, how do you do that? How do you get your beauty business website to come up at the top of Google when someone searches for that thing in your area? Well, that's what today's episode is all about. And to help us understand this, I have someone that I would like you to meet. Tara Pullman is a website developer who specializes in working with hair and beauty salon owners. She has over 20 years of experience in web design, something that not a lot of people can say. And she not only designs gorgeous websites for her clients, but she is obsessed with something called SEO or search engine optimization, which is why I asked her to be on the show today. So what exactly is SEO? Why should you care about it? Well, that's exactly what we're talking about. Tara takes what has traditionally been a subject shrouded in secrecy by website designers and developers and translates it into plain English so that we can all understand what's really going on. And I guarantee you some aha moments in this episode as you finally understand what makes one website get found whilst another one fails. So prepare to be enlightened, sit back and enjoy finding out how to have your website make you more money. So welcome to the show, Tara Pullman. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Adam. I'm it's happy great. To be here. It's great to be here. Now, Tara and I first, well, we actually we actually connected over Messenger because we were both taking part, I think, in the same uh, kind of group challenge. Yes. Um, and we I kind of spied you on there. And I was like, oh, need to talk to you. So I kind of messaged you <laughs> yeah. and, and I was like, can we, can we have a quick conversation? But then we actually had a, a f- uh, well, a conversation over Skype. Seems like two minutes ago, but the world has changed ever so slightly since then. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like, I was literally probably early, what was it, about the 10th of March or something like that. I remember because yeah. my little boy was off school, not for the reason everyone's off school now. He was actually ill for the day and I was looking after him and he kind of wandered in while we were having a chat. Didn't mm-hmm. we? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the world's a slightly different place now. A, a whole lot, yeah. Whole lot <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> uh, just a bit. Um, but we are not here to dwell on that today. No. We are here to bring things back to a little bit of normality and all this craziness. And yes. we are talking about, well, we're talking about websites, but we're specifically talking about SEO, which we'll yes. come into a little bit more on later. But before we get into that, Tara, mm-hmm. can you give us a bit of your background, how you how you came to be doing what it is that you're doing now? Yeah. So I've been building websites and marketing them for over 20 years. So I started out as when I was a teenager, actually hand coding websites in HTML. So I go way back. <laughs> and since then I've worked with you know hundreds of clients in all sorts of industries all over the world really and I've just helped people grow their sometimes one man businesses into like full blown operations through marketing mm-hmm. them online. And so just a couple of years ago I decided that I wanted to focus more on helping beauty businesses um because I find that beauty business owners are really passionate about what they do and they like to help other people. 
And that's how I am in my business. So I'm passionate about beautiful, functional websites, and I like to help people grow their business and have some success online. Amazing. Now, the two key words you use there, beautiful and functional. Yes. You can't have a website is useless if it's just beautiful. Right. Or if it's just functional. I mean, it's right. a bit better if it was functional than beautiful, sort of. Yes. But it needs to be both. So just diving back then, what got you in the first place into websites? Well, it was kind of just, um, I've always been like a computer person. I grew up with, uh, around a computer. My, my dad had a, like one of the very first computers ever that, you know, the, the old floppy drives and everything. And he always had his, (laughs) his own businesses. And so even like when I was 12 years old, he was like, Hey, can you make me a brochure? Can you make me a flyer? Can you, you know, do this graphic design stuff for me? So I was always kind of just interested in the computer aspect of marketing and design and things like that, because it was fun for me. And then, so when it came time for me to choose what I wanted to do after high school, that's, was it a natural choice? And it was actually the very first year that they offered a course in web design. Oh, cool. So yeah, I was like the very first class ever (laughs) in my town. So yeah, it was pretty, pretty interesting. That's so funny. That's, that is spookily similar to my story. My dad, again, was, he didn't own his own companies, but he was like the IT manager of this, uh, the company that he worked for, which was hilarious to all of us, because I think he just ended up being the de facto IT manager because he could maybe spell computer or something like that. <laughs> and I remember they sent home, they, they bought this IBM PS2. And it was one of the first kind of portable computers really wasn't very portable uh, it took up half a spare room yeah. but i remember yes. him bringing it home and there was cables everywhere and plugging it all in and then you had to put in discs just to get it to turn on mm-hmm. and i remember we spent i helped him and we spent like the whole afternoon putting this thing together and and then we got it turned on and this little cursor came up on the screen i was like great <laughs> yeah. dad what does it do and he went, what does it do? i don't know <laughs> <laughs> we played a game. There was like some weird like caterpillar game. And that's all I remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I think I think the best my dad could do at the time was like the first time we turned it on, he was like, well, if you type in ask time, it tells you the time. Yeah. And we just did that. And eventually <laughs> I was like, yeah, but kind of a clock does that. <laughs> but so does this really magical box. <laughs> yeah, this incredible box. And you have to ask it. It's really weird. Yeah, but it moved on quite quickly. But yeah, I, yeah. I remember actually I, I was working at a, a country club. Uh, like a golf club, country club place. And I, I think I just decided to to have a little play with some websites as well. And I, and I did this really basic HTML page and just about managed to shove it up onto the internet. And everyone was amazed. It looked terrible. Yes. Absolutely awful. Oh, they all did. Yeah. Um, but the, everyone was like, oh, wow, we've got a website. It's right? amazing. It's like a yeah. page. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. I, I hand-coded like a 50-page website for my oh. dad's business. Damn. And it was like animated gifs, like <laughs> all these things, like all the things that you'd never do now, <laughs> a total train wreck. <laughs> but back then it was like, no one else had a, a website, you know, yeah. in in that business. He's, a, he's in the automotive industry. And right. so it was just like this flashy new thing. And it really, really, really helped their business. You know, it, it was, <laughs> they were the only ones that had a website. So you could see <laughs> they, the pictures. They must, we, be, they must yeah. be future thinking. They've got a website. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Cause before that we were in his office, like 
putting together binders of brochures of cars and all this print stuff. And it was so tedious and you'd have to spend so much money sending out all these big packages of information and pictures to mm. just to potential clients. So now we don't have to do that anymore. We just put it all right. on a website and it's right there. It's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> so, so that's kind of your story then. So, and you said that you started working with beauty business owners because you found them to be more passionate right. about what they did. And that, yes. that just makes, certainly in, in a creative process like designing a website, it just makes it more fun for Absolutely. For yes. Because yeah. I've worked with a lot of people that just don't have the time or don't have the passion about their business because it's just, um, you know, a construction business or something. Mm. And so they're really busy people and they just weren't putting the time and effort into their website. So I just I really like working with people that enjoy what they do and yeah. especially when they're helping other people. So love it. Okay. So that's websites, but the thing that we're specifically talking about is well, actually, first of all, before we get onto that, mm-hmm. to you in the world that we live in now, not the weird, strange bit of the world that we're currently right. in, but the general world that we live in now in 2020. Mm-hmm. Why is it important still for a business, a small business like a salon to have a website? Yeah. So I think it's super important because I mean, everyone's on their phones, right? I mean, everyone's on the internet 24 yeah. seven. So if somebody's looking for a salon or a massage therapist or for help with their skin or something like that, what are, what's the most likely thing that they're going to do? They're going to go to Google. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we do. We all do it. So, um, it reminds, I use this quote a lot in a lot of my marketing. Um, the co-founder of Wikipedia, he says, if it is on Google, it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. And that's never really been a truer statement than it is now because a website can give you so much more credibility than like, if you just have a social media page. Okay. You, you you can still be a one man show, but online, your business looks more professional. It can give you a place to showcase your talent, especially if it's designed well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just feel like, um, to me, I think it's more like having an additional employee almost or a marketing person, yes. except it's someone that doesn't go off the clock ever. They're always <laughs> working always for you. <laughs> <I love> it. <laughs> So it's it's important. Everyone needs a, to have a website. And you kind of answered my question there. My next one was going to be playing that devil's advocate role that, that people still challenge me on when I go on about yes. websites. That whole, you know, yeah, but I've got a Facebook page. I've got an Instagram page. Why yeah. do I really need a website? Well, the truth is that, you know, even if you're a well-established salon or spa in your town and you don't have a website or a decent website, Mm-hmm. then a new up and coming business can just open up down the road. If they're really focused on marketing online, they're, they're going to, you know, come in, overtake your business possibly. So, or put a, you know, dent in your clientele. So you, you really want, if you want people in your town to find you, you have to have a website. Yeah, I agree. And we did a, we did an episode of a few episodes ago, um, where we interviewed a guy called Matt Javitt, who'd spent the last three years traveling around the world. And, and as, as part of doing that, he um, ended up creating this little uh, YouTube series of visiting barbershops. And he only ever stayed in a, in a place for a very short period of time. So it meant that he was constantly having to find a new salon or a new barbershop. And 
I just asked him and it was not really what we were talking about. But I said, so how did you discover this? He went, well, right. I just went on Google and I went salon near me. Exactly. <laughs> and he then went, and then as long as they had a decent website, so that's kind of ticked that box. I'd go, I'd go to that, look around the website. But then I obviously wanted to see what their most recent work was. That's when I went to Instagram. So right. you're, even there, even though he didn't realize it, he was confirming that your website is that bridge between being on Google, finding you on Google, which your website obviously helps with what we're going to talk about in a second. Um, but you want to go to the website to make sure people look established and professional and it's not like they only opened last week. Then you go to the social media profiles for the most current up-to-date stuff. But it is, it's that thing in the middle that establishes your um, authenticity and yeah, your prestige along the way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I totally 100, 100% agree. Everyone's cool. so focused on social media, but really... It's, it's the bridge that is in the gap there that you have yeah. to focus on. I always describe it as the hub of your online world. So everything right. should both feed into it and feed off of it as well. So people, for me, people should be able to get to your website and then easily get to your social media channels, but the other way around as well. You always yes. want to bring people because you have the most control over it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. What so, if Facebook goes down one day? Exactly. Which is, <laughs> well, it, it has linked Didn't LinkedIn go down for like, 24 hours a new couple yeah. of months ago. So, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. so it could happen. It could happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then SEO, that is what we're talking about today. So yes, for anyone who doesn't know, right. first of all, what, what does SEO stand for? Right. So it's an acronym for search engine optimization. Okay. So still no idea what that means. What <laughs> right. really is SEO? Well, I heard a really, really good, because um, I, was, I was thinking about how can I describe this to someone that doesn't have, you know, a whole understanding of what this is, but I heard a really good description of it the other day. It's basically all about making Google fall in love with your website. So when someone types in a specific keyword or a phrase, you want Google to think your website to be, you know, should be number one. So you just have to imagine like Google has this long checklist of things that it goes through and looks for on your website. And to see if all those boxes are ticked. The more boxes you have ticked, the higher your website's going to rank. And the greater, of course, the higher you rank, the greater chance you have more people visiting. So this comes back to that whole thing of if, if, you know, the extension of if you're not on Google, you don't exist. The next kind of phase of that, if you're not on page one, you may as well not exist. Yeah, basically. Unfortunately, yeah. If you're not, you know, at least on the first page or two, then it's going to be really hard for people to find you unless they know who you are already. Yeah. Yeah. So then SEO. So for people who have heard of SEO and understand that concept of it being search engine optimization, you know, this, this phrase has been around now for quite a while. And certainly a few years ago, it seemed like this kind of witchcraft, dark art, black magic thing that (laughs) if you were ever going to get anywhere near, you had to hire some amazing web genius SEO person for. So is that still the case? No. Well, first of all, I'm definitely not a magician. Okay. (laughs) It's like, if I wish it was easy as waving a magic wand, I really do. But no, there, there's a system, there's a technique, but it's not something you're going to fall into either. It does require a a well thought out plan, a path Mm. to get there. You know, and you do have to know about somewhat of what you're doing, um, but it's not something that's unreachable for people. There are things that you can do, practical things that you can do to help your website. Now, those old black hat tech 
techniques of stuffing keywords and making your website sound really unnatural, <laughs> hiding uh, text and links, buying, buying links, all that kind of spammy stuff. Mm-hmm. Now that used to work, we'll just get you penalized. And, and a lot of times we'll get you even removed from Google altogether. Now, does that mean then, do, do you think it's got easier in some ways? Well, I think it's more common sense nowadays mm-hmm. than, um, whereas you used to have to kind of try to trick Google or trick the search engines into into listing you, ranking you high. But now it's just more natural. You want to yeah. write toward, toward your audience. You want to write on your website. Your content should be like you're talking to your clients, right? And it should be about them and helping right. them. Okay. And so I do think that it's getting easier because more people are being forced to you know, take the reins themselves and kind of try to figure it out. So there's more resources out there now. So I do think it's, it's getting easier, but there's still a lot of marketing companies out there that like to keep things like a big mystery and they like to use scare tactics. (laughs) Yeah. They're more focused on like high pressure sales and, and talking about a magic system, which by the way, there is none. Yes. Uh, We know the the three secrets to getting highly ranked on Google. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or they'll bamboozle you with like all these crazy words that like you just don't understand. And so really the focus is, should be on helping you improve your site. Now, some of, some of those companies, like they'll charge you thousands and thousands of dollars or pounds a month and you have no clue what that's going towards. You know, they don't even tell you. Maybe they'll run some ads. The second you stop paying them, all of that goes away. Which is why that's not SEO. That's not search engine optimization. So I don't believe in doing things that way. Obviously, I like to educate my clients and have a level of transparency so that they know exactly what they're getting and what I'm doing. And I help them build or fix their websites for the long term. Love it. So the other thing I kind of come up against. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm talking to people as well is people sort of think nowadays, well, there's not, there's not really any point in me doing a SEO because doesn't Google just kind of find my website and suddenly know everything about it and, you know, read all my social profiles and doesn't it all just happen automatically? <laughs> well, Google does crawl the web and, and they may find your website. It's true. They might, but if your website has technical issues or, you know, it, it may not get listed at all. You know, really? sometimes your website can, or your social profiles can outrank your website. And that's, that's not good. Like you, people will assume if your social profile comes up first, when they search for you, that you don't even have a website. Yes, I agree. So it's really important to make sure that your website ranks ahead of your social prep profiles, which is not that hard to do. Cool. So when you're working with clients and you're working on SEO for them and for their website, mm-hmm. you know, if you, I know there's no such thing as a typical client, but let's say a client yeah. comes to you and they say, we're just, we've got a website, but it's not really doing anything for us. What, what can you do to help us? What are the differences before we get into kind of the things that you do? What differences can SEO make to a business in practical terms? Well, I, I have this one client in particular that I'm thinking about that was 
trying to get their business off the ground for a really long time. Like they paid someone to build their website. And mm-hmm. even after a year, they had zero traffic. It was the weirdest thing. They weren't found on Google at all. And so they went through a, you know, they were burned by a couple of other companies until they contacted me one day and I looked at their site. I fixed all the technical issues. I did some keyword research for them. I revamped their content and so on. And in just a couple of weeks, we were, you know, listed on Google. Wow. So, but then, you know, it takes a couple of months for all those things to take effect. So, but after a couple of months, they started ranking for their top keywords and they're in an extremely competitive market. So yeah, it it makes a big difference. Even to this day, I think it's probably been like five or six years since I did that initial work for them. Every time I talk to, to him, the business owner, he tells me how he's expanding his business in some form or fashion. And like just a couple of weeks ago, I talked to him and he was telling me how he's building a new facility. And he says, you are the reason why wow. I can do this. That's amazing. Yeah. So, it, and I have a couple of clients that are like that, you know, that say the same thing. So I, I just, I really, I find that really rewarding. I, yeah, no, I can totally understand that. To take yeah, something it, it's that exciting. Just- that just isn't working, isn't performing, isn't doing anything for the business and to turn that around and have, I mean, have someone say something like that. It's incredible. Oh yeah. Every time I talk to him, he tells me that. So yeah, it, it definitely can make a huge impact. If you invest, you know, some time into it, then it's definitely going to pay, pay back way more than what you put into it. Love it. So on this show, we tend to want to kind of look at some real practical things around this. So if someone is, let's say someone's got a website and mm-hmm. they are, well, first of all, how how do you know if your website is quote unquote performing? Well, there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, I like to use a tool called Pingdom SiteSpeed. Okay. I know if you maybe link to that in your show notes. Can I will write that down a minute. There's that one, and there's also one called gtmetrics.com that I really like. And basically what it does, or what those tools do, is they you pop your website address in there. Mm-hmm. It takes a, a little bit, and they'll scan the site, and it will tell you how fast your website, or how slow your website loads. And it will also give you a list of all the reasons why maybe the website is loading slowly and some technical things. And usually it's something like you've got way too big of images or you're on a slow hosting server, which is usually the the cheap ones, not to mention any names, but (laughs) rhymes with slow daddy. (laughs) So yeah, or there's too many, you have too many feeds, like you've got your Instagram, your Facebook, you've got Twitter, you've got all these feeds feeding into your website and it's just slowing your site down because you have too many things on there. So if you can run a a test on there and take a look at what comes up, even if you don't understand it, it's a starting point and it gives you something to work off of. If you can just shave a couple of seconds or even a half of a second off of your speed time, your load time, it's, it's going to make an impact. It seems crazy, but it will make an impact. See, that's really interesting that you've gone straight to those metric sites because I think, 
again, people who know a bit about SEO always assume it is things like keyword research and, you know, making sure you've got the the right topics in there that people are going to be searching for. So you've right. gone straight to page speed. So, so that actually makes a difference to Google and to your Google ranking. Absolutely. It's one of the top. I mean, if you think about it, um, the people are on their phones. So if it doesn't load quickly on a phone, a mobile device, they're going to leap. And yeah. so, and Google tracks all of that. How much time is, is somebody spending on your website? If they click on, they click off. It's like they're, it tells Google, you know, maybe we shouldn't show this website. It's not performing well. So mm. they're going to move lower down the list and show someone who has a better run website or has a faster loading website, doesn't have all those technical issues or one that people actually stay on and use and click around in. And so that, that tells Google a lot about your website. It's true. I think, I think it's worth restating because I think it was, it was probably a couple of years ago now, but Google kind of came out and basically said, look, our entire goal with search is to give people the best result that we possibly can. Right. You know, people come onto the, the search engine and they, they want to find something and they want to, if possible, find it straight away. They want it to be the first thing. Right. So Google is always all of this SEO stuff Google's always going to use whatever they can to try and make sure they're serving up the best possible result for the client. So when uh-huh. it comes to page speed, like you're saying, if if they're not going to they're not going to offer up a website that takes ages to load, right? If there's another one that's in your area that does what you do that loads up much quicker, they're going to get in front of you. Absolutely, absolutely, so, yeah. So, so ideally for a website, you'd want to aim for under five seconds load time. Right. So those tools will give you a, a, a m- amount of time that it takes for your website to load. And even better would be under three and a half seconds is what Got it. you try to aim for. It's hard to do if you don't know all how to do all the technical things, but usually it's has to do with, like I said, the images or your, your hosting server usually is a big, big one. And I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, the images as well. And, and I've come across people who are not necessarily web designers, but people who are responsible for kind of uploading images to corporate websites and things like that, mm-hmm. who aren't aware of this. And they'll just get an image and throw it up there. Right. And it's the tools now to compress an image, right. which is, and compress an image basically means taking the image, reducing its size with barely reducing its quality at all. Right. You know, you can take a, an image that's a couple of meg, a couple of megabytes in size, take it down to a a fraction of that and to the eye lose no nothing in the definition exactly or sometimes what i find is people have these massive images like they take on their phone or their camera or whatever and then they they upload that to their website yep. without resizing it down to the size that it's going to display on a phone or even on your computer screen it's not going to display it 2000 pixels wide <laughs> <laughs> but they've got it you know all smashed down into this small space, but that full image size is still has to load. So yeah. that that's typically a big problem. That's, that's an easy fix. Anyone can fix that. I don't care yeah, if you're it, not it a really technical is. person, you can fix it. <laughs> yeah. Mostly even on the tools that are on your computer, you know, yes. you probably have the, that capability in there. In fact, the easiest one, I, I use a Mac all the time. And the easiest way I find to do that is just literally to bring it up in the, the native 
whatever it is, quick view on Mac and just change the size of it. It's yep. two seconds. Easiest yep. thing in the world. And I wonder if I wonder if that obsession with images, because I am a little bit obsessed with this, with doing this, and frustrates me with my team sometimes mm-hmm. when I don't do it. I wonder if it goes back to those people like you and I who used to have to upload images via the old dial-up modem thing. Yes. <laughs> it, like, it would it's take like, a million years. I, I still have this mindset of like, if I see an image and it's like a meg, in size. Oh no. I, my brain still goes back to those days. I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm-mm. There's no way I'm uploading. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> like an overnight upload. You'd have to kind of start it before you went to bed. It might just about be there in the morning. Walk away, eat your dinner, come back. <laughs> it's 50% done. <laughs> yeah. And you'd, you'd know it straight away. I mean, it's less so nowadays, but you'd know if you'd done it because you'd go to a website and it kind of load line at a time, tiny bit, tiny bit, yes. tiny bit. Yeah. Oh dear, we're obviously just two geeks at heart. Um, <laughs> cool. So, what are some other practical things that people can can look at, um, as well as those metrics on their website to sort of just give them a bit of a, 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 a sort of self audit of their website if right. they're not seeing it perform as well as they want it to? So, again, it's that that speed technical. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say number two, you want your website to be responsive. And what that means is that your website should not only look nice on a desktop computer screen, a laptop Mm -hmm. computer, a tablet, but also it should look nice on a mobile phone. So it needs to be mobile friendly. And even if your website is responsive, sometimes people forget because they build their websites typically on a computer, not on a phone. They forget to check what it looks like and how it functions on a mobile device. So if you're going to go to all that trouble of building a website, you want to make sure it's going to function well on your phone. Like, are the words the right size? Do people have to scroll right to left? Do they have to zoom in and out? Mm -hmm. Does your contact form work on on a mobile device? Do your buttons work? Is there weird formatting issues? A good way to know is to pull up your website on your phone, hand it to a friend and and see and watch them. Just observe them and see how hard or easy it is for them to navigate your site. So yeah. that, that that would be my second thing. And then I'd say third um would be, you know, keywords are important, but key, keyword research can be a little bit technical. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're just starting out. So I would say to focus on your title tag, your meta tags. Now, a title tag is something that a searcher sees. It's the first thing that they see when they type in something to Google that describes your website. It's often the linked section that they're going to click on to go through to your website. And so that can actually be edited in your back end of your website or in your settings of a specific website page. So every page on your site, you want to have a unique title for that page. And to optimize it, you would want to use the most, whatever you think the most important thing that someone is going to type in to find your business. So if that's hair salon in New York City, you know, you'd want to have that there first. And then your business name, because that's the most important thing is that phrase, whatever that phrase is. And you want to make sure also that your title tag is less than 65 characters so it doesn't get cut off. And right. it should be you know, enticing for someone to want to click through to your site. 
So I say those are the top, my top three. So that was speed, speed, mobile friendliness, and optimizing your, your title and your meta, your meta tags. And so just, just touching on that second one for a second there. So, mm-hmm. cause I think I get this a lot. People, people are always telling me, oh yeah, mine's, mine's mobile responsive. Cause I use Wix or right. cause I use Squarespace. And go daddy. Go daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I use the, I use the website builder that came with my, uh, you know, very, very cheap hosting company. I'm like, okay, how's right. that working out for you then? <laughs> it's going great. Yeah. <laughs> and and it is those things, isn't it? You know, just because you use one of these, um, you know, mass usage website builders, that yes. does not mean for a second that that's going to make it mobile responsive. They can say it, you know, yeah, helps it, to. Yeah. I think the other thing that frustrates me as well, you know, you know, on these website builders, and like you say, people always build their websites on a computer. Yes. And nowadays, the vast majority of people see it on a phone. So, right. But so don't forget also, to test it. Well, yeah, but what also annoys me though, that you know you get on the uh, on the website builder, whatever it is, you can usually kind of click on a button that mimics that shows you what it's mm-hmm. supposed to look like on a phone. Yes. Have you ever found one that actually shows you what it looks like on nope. a phone? Nope. No. And I trust me, I've looked at uh, <laughs> hundreds of them. No, no, you have to actually take out your phone. It's very easy to do. Pop in your website and and test it out. Totally, I hundred percent agree. I don't even know why they're bothered with those things because they're never right. They are. They never, never. No, they even, are. It's like they look close, but never quite the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that goes for your tablet too. You know, if people, I mean, less people are using a tablet probably, but you do want to make sure that you test it out on various screens. You want to make sure that it works on an Apple phone as opposed to an Android phone. So sometimes there's just weird things that happen and you just want to make sure that everyone visiting your website has the best experience so that they don't just click off and leave because then you're going to drop in your rankings. And this is something as well. It really is important. It's not just a box checking exercise of, yes, I have a website, tick. It is such a crucial part of your business. It's how people are going to find you. It's how new clients are going to come and find you. So it is worth not just going, yes, I've got a website. It's got an about us page and a contact page on us and it looks pretty. Mm-hmm. You know, it's worth really investing in the time in it and making sure that, yeah, that experience is good on phones because certainly in the world of beauty, and this is 100% my experience with this, is it's somewhere around about, I don't know what you find with this, it's somewhere around about 70 to 80% of people who are going to look for a salon are going to look on their phones. Yeah. And I actually find it higher for my salon clients than some of my older clients that I had before I switched to the beauty industry, like in construction. I can imagine because that's that's the way you're going to find them. You're going to be like, oh, yeah. I'm late in the evening. I've got some time now or I'm on my lunch break or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to search for this business that I want to go to. It's going Absolutely. to be on their phones. So I would actually say design it for phones first. And Absolutely. If it looks nice on a on a computer as well, then bonus. But I'm like, yeah. I'm like, make sure it is geared towards people's phones. And just like you, I'm like, I I'm an Apple phone user. Everything mm-hmm. of mine is Apple. But I bought just a cheap Android phone again, so I can just make sure that there is nothing weird going on when I create a page. Certainly, an important page like a sales page or a contact page or a download page or anything like that, just to yeah. make sure. And that, um, yeah, yeah. Earlier this year, or yeah, earlier this year or the end of last year, Google actually announced, they rarely make announcements about what their algorithm changes are and things mm-hmm. like that, but they actually announced that they are looking at mobile websites first. So they don't right. even care about your desktop site. <laughs> they really don't. If if you have a 
uh, on desktop only site, then you're going to be in trouble. You've got to have a mobile friendly website because that's what they are looking at. They don't even care anymore yeah. about that desktop site. Yeah. And, and, and I totally agree because uh, the other thing as well is even if, if you design it for your phone and you can just about work it on a computer, you can always get around things on a computer. There's nothing more frustrating mm-hmm. than going to a website on a phone thinking, oh, this has got the information I want. And then suddenly, and this is another thing that annoys me, pop-ups on yes. a phone. Pop-ups that appear on a phone that suddenly make it impossible to even pinch or do anything around the thing. There's nothing going to make someone disappear off your website quicker yes. than, than something like that. So, If you're going to have a pop-up, just a side point. Set it on a delay, please. Forty-five seconds minimum. Yeah, there's nothing worse. I'm oh, find a website. Ah, you're trying to get my information straight away. Let me at least look around. Yeah, that's going to make people leave faster than anything else. Love it, love it. So we've got the tips uh, on SEO. Now, this this really is it's one of those topics that's kind of huge, and there's no way we can kind of cover it all in one one episode but what I, and I'm so thankful for you being on Tara because it is such an important thing and I do think that so many people are like ah oh, well yeah website they were sort of last decade yeah so not true uh, no and there are these things now that with a small amount of investigation small amount of effort can have huge effects on your SEO and the effectiveness and the findability of your website which is only going to translate into at least more interest and more clients in your business. Absolutely. Cool. So if people do, you know, if if we've intrigued them, if they've gone away and they've searched for some of these things and they've gone, okay, well, this is interesting because I'm my website's not performing as well as I want to. Mm-hmm. And I want to do something about it. Where can people kind of find out a bit more about you, track you down, kind of socially stalk you online? <laughs> yes. So first of all, my website, because that's the most important thing, right? <laughs> Our website. I love the name of your website as well, I have to say. Oh, thank you. So it's digitalglamsquad.com. Awesome. And I have actually on my website, I have an SEO technical checklist that you can download for free. Oh, cool. It'll give you a list of all the major things that you can do to make your website technically sound. And now these aren't going to be super complex. This is something that's easy enough that you can do it. I believe in you. You can do it. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's brilliant. That's a fantastic resource. Thank you. We'll, yeah, we'll make sure we put all your social links and the website on the uh, show notes pages for people to find. Uh, what is next for you? What your What is your next thing that you're working on? Well, I think right now... Um, you know, online business, everyone's turning to online businesses, right? Everyone's got downtime. All of the salons, all the beauty, beauty businesses are closed right now. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be more competition out there than there was before this whole situation happened because people are getting their stuff together. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, even though we don't know how this is all going to shake out, we do know that after all this is over, a lot of people are going to need their hair colored, their hair cut. They're going to need their nails done. They're going to need you more than they ever needed you before. So if they can't get in with their typical stylist or, you know, where are they going to go? They're going to go to Google. So you've got to get yourselves on Google. This I do. I, take away. I agree with that. And I do think, unfortunately, some 
some businesses are going to go out of business due yeah, to this. Unfortunately, and I hate I hate to say that, but whoever's left to standing is going to yes. benefit from that potential influx of people that now have to find new stylists. And if you're not on that first page of Google, you're not out there, your website's not optimized, they're not going to find you. Yeah. And then you're going to miss out because they'll potentially go there. That'll become their new salon. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So thank you so much, Tara. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you for sharing all that with us. And uh, like I said, we will put all the links and everything in the show notes pages to go and find out more information to get that uh, that PDF. Uh, thank you so much. Link as well. So have a great rest of the day. Have a great rest of this very strange time that we are living in at the moment. We'll get through it. We will get through it. And yeah. uh, I'll definitely keep in touch with you and uh, yes. wish you all the best. Yes, you too. Thank you so much. A huge thanks to Tara for sharing her knowledge and her expertise with us today. Now, I hope you embraced your inner geek just a little with us there. And even if not, I hope we helped clarify another piece of that internet, website, social media, clients, jigsaw thing that is this mini-series and what we've been trying to help you understand. Now, there are a few links and resources that Tara mentioned in the episode today. And if you want to go and grab those, all you need to do is check out the show notes pages for this episode at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 89, where you'll find all the links and everything that you need. Now, next week, it's time to really get down to business. And we're talking about the creation or the recreation of your website. Now we've covered why you need a website. We've covered how it can bring you more money as well as how to get people to find it. But now we need to bring all those together and actually get you a website that performs. That's key. Not just a page on the internet that you can tick that box saying, I have a website. It needs to work. It needs to actually bring you clients. So how on earth do you physically get yourself a website? What's the best option to go for? What's the best software to use? If you already have some sort of website, how do you know whether to work on making it better or to scrap it and start again? And what other questions are there? Well, don't worry, I have completely got you covered. That's exactly what we're going through next week on this show. So I'll be talking about all your options. I'll be talking about the pros and cons of each one. And I may even just have something a little bit special to tell you about that will make the whole process a piece of cake for you. Till then, take care, keep safe, and I'll be back very soon. <laughs>